Good morning, everybody, and welcome. You are listening to the Faith FM Network, 87.6, 87.8, or 88, right across Australia. This is The Breakfast Show. You are with Lyle and Taryn. Well, at least we hope you are with Lyle. Actually, you are not with Lyle and Taryn. You're not with either of us today. No, you're with somebody else, because (laughs) this is the delayed broadcast. Yes. And you're going to be with somebody. We don't know who you're going to be with, because Mon is still sick. Yeah. And I'm away. I know I sound like I'm here, but I'm actually not here. (laughs) I'm here yesterday. Yep, and neither or the day am I. before, or whenever you're yeah, hearing this broadcast. Whenever. Okay, so there's a great solution for you. We would love you to hear the live show, and of course, the live show, um, you can listen to it um, on faithfm.com.au or by using the TuneIn app. Yes. Get the free version. That's the one, and save Faith FM as your only favourite. Absolutely. Listen Lyle to it anywhere in Australia. Go, one and go only. hiking in the bush and yep. listen to it through your headset. Climb the top of. Do you have. Mobile service, data service, top mount, Cosios. Yeah, probably not, but whatever. We can There's pretend. lots of mountains you can climb, mm. and you can have, and you can listen to Faith FM the whole way. Listen to you in your car. Listen to it in your tractor. Listen to it in your excavator or bulldozer or whatever it is. Or that even you are just driving. in your house, Lyle. Like I don't have a radio these days that I turn on to in Who my knows? house. Like no one has a radio, like a portable radio anymore. Um, so just. Put it on your phone and listen to it while you're cooking or doing the cleaning That's or, you know, it. whatever it is. It's the best way to listen to Faith FM. And, of course, you can stay up to date with all of the latest right there. So in the latest yes. news, which you are getting secondhand, mm-hmm. what are we talking about today? We are talking about a, a great story of um, these people finding a treasure chest or just a safe that had been stolen and left in their backyard. But, hey, it had lots of money and lots of jewellery in it, but they gave it back to their rightful owners. That yeah, was pretty cool. It's a really, really cool story. Yeah. If you want to know how much money they found, you're going to have to stay tuned. And we also have um, a piece that's coming up where we're going to talk about uh, we're going to talk about the um, the Archbishop who has been convicted of child sex offences and what that actually means and what probably should take place. We're going to be talking about uh, another Archbishop who is being turned in, into a saint and we're going to talk about what does it take to become a saint? Mm. How can you be a saint? That's right. Yes, yeah, so you can be a saint today, Taryn. I can. Saint Taryn. That's, it's, it has a good ring to it. I think that's how I'm going to introduce myself from now on. Biblically, <laughs> biblically, you are a saint, that's which is it. a really, really good thing. Then we're going to have a great Bible study today about giving God glory and what does that mean? And of course, Davis Dojek is coming in to do uh, his usual weekly interview. We've got him on twice this week mm. because we had a busy week last week. So uh, David will be back and getting us up to date with yeah. where we need to be there. And that was great. Mm. So good show coming up. Stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. And we will be back right after this with some amazing music, followed by the rest of the delayed broadcast. It all comes down to the lamp seen from the foundation of creation. It all comes down to the life poured out in the center of
You were listening to the Revelation song by Alison Brooke. And Taryn, you were just telling me something really interesting about yeah, so this group. There's a whole album that they've done. Like mm-hmm. Alison has led it and um, she's put together this group of singers. And they've done a whole album with like all sorts of different kinds of music. Like seriously, like there's like some rap in there which is really <laughs> interesting to hear and there's like like it's just all different kinds of music and it's all based on the book of revelation so oh, wow. like it's literally just quoting scripture in song about the book of revelation so it's all about the beasts and about like it's so interesting but their whole point is like that song's kind of like the focus of the whole album is that it revelation is about the lamb and it's about jesus and so um they've woven jesus into this album of random songs all focused on the book of revelation and they've done another one on daniel too that's amazing. It's Impressive. really, really That's, cool. That, so, is, that, is, that is really interesting. I'm go, going to have to, go and look it up, Lyle. I'm going to look it up and I'm going to listen to uh, Daniel and Revelation in song. In song. <laughs> there you go. Okay, so um, quiz for today. Yes. What do we have for the quiz for today? We have another Who Am I question. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Who Am I? The first clue that we have today is that I ordered the death of 85 priests of the Lord. Does that ring any bells for you, Lyle? It does. Okay, there we go. Yeah. Listeners, see if that rings any bells for you too. Mm-hmm. Yep, I know the answer to this one. Cool. Got Let's it. see who gets it in first. Awesome. Well, news, Lyle. Yeah, what's your what's your positive news story for today? Well, firstly, I want to talk about um, this couple in New York. They mm-hmm. were out digging in their garden. Do you like digging in your garden, Lyle? I do, actually. You My like biggest gardening? problem is that where I am at the moment, I only have tank water. Oh. I have no other source of water, and wow. so it kind of makes it hard for gardening. Yeah. A bit, a bit limiting. Kind of got to prioritize where the water goes to. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Anyway, so they were out digging in their garden, and they thought that there was this, like, rusty old, like, electric box sort of thing out in their backyard. And so, like, they didn't think anything of it for, like, years. Anyway, one day they wanted to, like, I don't know, do something, um, put in a pool or something, and they had to, like, Dig it a bit deeper. And they discovered that it was an old rusty safe. Oh, wow. It had been sitting there that whole time. It had been sitting there that whole time. It's like, why does my shovel keep hitting this rusty <laughs> yeah, piece of steel? That's it. Like, they thought it was annoying. And then they dig it up, and oh dear, here is this safe. They open it up, and there was over $52,000 worth Whoa. of jewelry. There were diamonds, there was jewelry, there was cash, there was gold, like it was everything in this safe. And so, like, what would you do, Lyle, if you found a safe in your backyard with $52,000 worth of stuff? Uh, maybe maybe start by having a party and having a celebration. <laughs> it's like... Yeah, right. Um, do a little bit of research, try and find out... Uh, Try and find out how much it's worth and mm-hmm. how I could because I wouldn't know where do we Palm where do you, sell, where do you yeah. sell jewelry you know where do you, where do, do you cash do, in on something do we go like to that? pawn shops these days I don't even know yeah. I don't know how to get Probably rid of things these like days that. anyway so um, you and I would not make very good criminals no, no. <laughs> <laughs> and so anyway they were looking around in it and they ended up finding like as they dug a bit deeper like into the contents of the safe and looked at it they discovered that there was like this letter in there that had the address on it and so they went. To the address. The address ended up being their next door neighbor's house, right? Wait so, a minute. So there's a safe there uh-huh. with a buried in their mm-hmm. yard with an address. Uh-huh. To, to next- their next door neighbor's house. Right. So they rock up to their next door neighbor's house and knock on the door and they were like, 
Um, did you guys ever get robbed or anything? Like, have you lost a safe with $52,000 worth of stuff in it? I would have said, oh, uh, yes. <laughs> so, yeah, their neighbours, like, it turns out that, like, 10 years ago or so, their neighbours had been robbed of this exact safe with exactly everything still in it. And the, the robbers had just... I don't know, I guess dropped it in the next door neighbor's yard um, and no one had seen or heard from it since. Maybe maybe what it was, maybe the neighbours had robbed their neighbours <laughs> and buried the safe in their yard and then had been forced to move. But why would you leave something like that behind? I, I don't know. Like, I would, I mean, I would take it with, I would take it with me. <laughs> I mean, that's bad. Don't steal. Like. <laughs> okay, so how does the story end? Do they, do they, does it find us keepers? Or? Yeah, no, it was the next door neighbours. So and they so gave they gave it back to them and all was happy and well. Oh, that's an amazing story. It is so heartwarming when you hear a story of honesty like that. Yeah. Where somebody finds, you know, 52 grand. Yeah. Traces down the owner. Yeah. And hands it back. And just gives it back. And when the um, reporters were interviewing the lady who found it, she was like, I didn't even think of keeping it for myself. There was of a course similar, I was, was going to give it back. Story, there was a similar story in Cairns earlier in the year, and we talk, reported it here on Faith FM, where a uh, – this is northern Queensland – where a lady found a uh, envelope full of diamonds. Oh wow! Um, when she was spring cleaning her house, no way. And they'd they'd fallen down the back of it. You know, sometimes you can go down the back of your drawers. Yeah. And it was at the at the bottom there. Uh huh. And they had a lot of trouble tracing that one down because there'd been many previous tenants in this oh, particular building. Oh yeah, right. And so, uh, but eventually they did. They they, they traced oh, wow. it down, found out who they belonged to. And this particular person thought that she had been robbed and wow. she had not been robbed all that she time. Just it, she just lost it. just lost it. Isn't that the back. so funny? Like I always, you know, you just jump to the like the worst conclusion that you, you know, yeah, well, you've lost something. But I mean, with something with that value, of course you think that you're going to be robbed. I, I always get robbed. My house gets robbed all the time. It's like, where's the TV <laughs> remote? Someone stole the TV remote. <laughs> Who stole the TV remote? Yeah. Like, yes. They walked past the TV and stole the remote. <laughs> My wife always tells me, it's like, nobody stole the remote. Like, somebody stole it. It's gone. <laughs> That's it. They broke into your house to steal the TV remote. <laughs> uh, anyway, in other news, Lyle, you're the father of two grown sons, aren't you? I am. And do they still live at home? No. They oh. both, both moved out. Both moved out. We there you em- go. We are empty nesting as of about six weeks ago. That's exciting. Well, We've, we've empty nested a couple of times before. There's been a bit of come and go. Yeah. Um, recently, our youngest was was briefly boarding with us while he was between houses. Uh huh. So then, what do you think is an appropriate time for children to move out of their parents' home? Late teens, early twenties. Okay. I left home when I was fifteen. That's probably a tad young. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I, I think <laughs> so too. Probably but a tad young. Whatever. Anyway, this New York couple, Lyle, they um had a thirty year old. They're a thirty year old son living at home. Okay. And time to go. Yeah, they had told him again and again, dude, you've got to move out now. Like it's time for you to get out. And um, he he didn't move. He decided to stay at home. Anyway, they took him to court, and oh the judge ruled in favor of the parents to kick. The son out of home. And uh, he is now out of the building? Well, as of now, like they gave him some grace. They were like, okay, you've got a reasonable amount of time to get out of home. How long has this guy been living there? He like just rocked up the last month or? No, no, no. He he hadn't moved out of home yet. Oh, okay. Yeah, so he'd been living with them forever. Yeah. Um, And so they were like, okay, it's time for you to go and find a life. And and he was so desperate not to have a life. Yeah. He took it to court. Yeah. No, the parents took him to court because he just refused. 
So, so he forced his parents to take yes, him to court. He forced and he went through a court, uh-huh. the whole court system and the court yes. case and all of the stress mm-hmm. that's involved in that. And the money paying for lawyers and everything like that to stay at home. Oh, my. <laughs> that's a very, very sad story. Yeah. Okay, so if you are a young person and you are still living at home and you are past your early 20s, then uh, in my opinion... It is time for you to leave. <laughs> I mean, like, I understand why people stay at home because it is so much cheaper. Yeah, um, yeah. You can save money and if your parents are nice, they'll give you food. But there is such a thing as having a life. There is. Yes. It's, you know, it's like... Yeah, I agree. Well, you know what it's like when you leave home and uh, and then you've been gone for a while and you come back and it just it just doesn't feel the same yeah. anymore, does it? It's yeah. just like, no, I've it's gained different. my independence. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm my own person now. Yeah, that's exactly right. You need, it, to, you need to become your own person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I moved out of home when I was 18. Yep. Um, and yeah, I got a job and moved to Newcastle, which was... You know, from the Gold Coast, it's about eight hour drive. Yeah, that's, so a, that's a distance. It's a, it's a fair distance. Yep, that's, um, that's a good but it, like, then I moved back home and lived back home again for like another six months, like a few years later, and then I was back out again. So I've been back and forth and back and forth, and like, like my parents let me, and it's great. But yep. at the same time, you know, I, I do have that independence. Like, yeah, absolutely. You yeah. know, once you've gained that's that right. independence, it's never the same. It's again. never the same. You're, you're no. your own person. Yeah, and you know, this is why the Bible says that. Um, in Genesis chapter two, that when you know a couple get married, that they should leave, mm. you know, leave their father and mother. Yes, that's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> develop their own family. There. That's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah, get out there and enjoy everything that life has to offer. Yeah, um, with your independence, it's a it's a part of it's a part of being an adult. That's right. It teaches you to grow up very quickly when you have to start paying the bills for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Well, we're going to move on now with uh, Casting Crowns are going to bring to us the song Beulah Land. You're listening to Faith FM. Beulah Land I'm longing for you And someday On me I'll stand Where my home Shall be eternal Beulah Kind of homesick for a country where I've never been before. No sad goodbyes will there be spoken, for time won't matter.
Listening to Casting Crowns, Beulah Land, a beautiful song here uh, on Faith FM this morning as we get uh, into our breakfast show. So we've got another clue for our quiz there. We do. Remember, it was a who am I question. The first clue was I ordered the death of 85 priests of the Lord. Mm, that's pretty serious. Yeah. The second clue is I expelled the mediums and spiritists from the land. Mm. But not mm. all of them. No, not all of them. There was one that there was one. Yeah, there was one that survived. Anyway, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, very good. Good, good, good. There's some uh, extra clues to go along the way, but I'll try not to talk about that <laughs> if I do. We, we don't want the I answer will, right away, Lyle. Give the answer away. Okay, <laughs> and to uh, oh, we need to grab something out of the prize box. Why don't you just run and grab okay. something real quick out of the prize box? And while Taryn is grabbing a prize from the prize box, our numbers to call one eight hundred three two four eight four three. If you know the answer to this quiz question. Um, or text us on 0491 um, or shoot us a message on Facebook. And what do we have for today's prize? There, oh, we have a really interesting book today, Lyle. It's called 10 Days of Prayer and Devotions to Experience the Baptism of the Holy Spirit. Fantastic. This is a popular one here yeah. on Faith FM. We've used that one a number of times before. And uh, if you do not yet have your copy, then today is your day. Find the answer to this question. Somebody who decreed the death of 85 priests and expelled the spirits and the mediums. It's sort of like a, a good-bad thing going on here, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, there really is. really horrific and terrible, followed by something that, well, yeah, I'd support that. Yep. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so in today's story, we've got, once again, Christianity is um, faced with embarrassment from a number of sides, uh, primarily from the uh, standpoint of Archbishop Philip Wilson, 
mm-hmm. who has just been convicted of protecting um, the uh, pedophile priest James Fletcher and yet to be uh, sentenced, but he is the highest um, ranking Roman Catholic in the world to face to, to receive a mm. conviction for child sex offences. And as a result of that, he has chosen to stand aside from his duties, I which think I fair. think is fair to begin with. But the question that I'm asking is, why isn't he resigning? Mm. Because one thing to stand aside is another thing to resign. Why isn't he resigning? And and more importantly, why is it that the Roman Catholic Church isn't annulling his ordination and defrocking him? Mm. You know, when somebody is convicted of a criminal offence, particularly an offence against children, which, you know, Jesus charged us with the protection mm. of children, um, that's part of our responsibility as Christians, then I think that, you know, we need to send a message. Yeah, definitely. And by not doing so, the message that we are sending is that we are continually continuing to turn a blind eye and mm. to downplay the damage that is done to young people in these kinds of situations. Yeah. And so I think that's I think it's embarrassing for Christianity. Yeah. Um and it 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 it, it troubles me deeply. Yeah. So he has been convicted? He has. So by stepping down what does that mean? Okay, so stepping aside, oh, stepping means, aside sorry. means that he is uh until he uh until he is sentenced, he is no longer um participate, you know, performing masses or any of the duties yeah. of the church, but he's still employed as okay. the archbishop. Wow. So he's still technically on the payroll. Yes, and he still technically holds that position. Oh. So he hasn't hasn't been removed from his position. He hasn't okay. hasn't resigned from his position. He still holds that position. He's just not functioning in that position so right now. Does that mean that he will one day again be able to function in that position? Is that what they're saying by just making him step aside or the, the assumption would be that if he does not um if he is not um if his ordination is not annulled and he's not defrocked um, or he is not removed from office, then once he has served his time, he can go back to his job. Oh, okay. And how long? How much time was he given? He hasn't. The sentencing hasn't okay. taken place yet. Okay. So whose authority would it be? Like, come under to like remove his ordination or remove his? Title? That would go back to the Vatican. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But you've got to remember that the third highest um, Vatican official in the world right now is facing charges of. Uh, um, child sex abuse. Wow! Mm. So it runs in. It's the, it's endemic. It's endemic in, yeah, in wow. yeah, particularly in Catholicism, but uh, it it's something that you know pedophiles do target churches mm. as being places where they can gain access and trust, yeah. access to children and trust of parents. Yeah, and so it's something that churches need to be you know infinitely more um, sensitive to. Yeah, than. Other institutions and um, you know churches and schools, obviously, and uh, and to really really deal with it, yeah, decisively, yeah, when it happens, rather than you know we we just have this reputation of you know we've got this whole history of turning a blind eye to it mm. and sweeping it under the under the carpet, which has created terrible terrible scandal against Christianity. And it has and um, damage to the people that are being affected. Yeah, and 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 this just perpetuates it. Yeah, it just perpetuates it, and it makes me upset. Yeah. The other story that uh, is coming out yesterday is that um, August Hollande um, has just been moved up the rung as far as sainthood goes. He was a Polish priest, died in 1948, mm-hmm. 
And this is once again a story that um, yeah disturbs me a little bit. If you go back to the uh, history of the Second World War, um, the Vatican, which side was it on? I have no idea. Terrence gives me a blank, <laughs> uh, blank look. I'm sorry. I love history. <laughs> Taryn's not into history at no. all. I th- I, you know, when I was thinking about the story this morning, I thought I'm going to get Taryn on this. <laughs> That's mean. Yeah. Okay, so the, initially the Vatican supported the Nazis uh-huh. and then it changed to sides later in the war when okay. it realised that they were losing. Um, in fact, if when it realised they were losing, the Nazis were losing. Not necessarily because they didn't like what they were doing, just because they were losing. Well, the Nazis were very anti-Semitic, okay. anti-Jewish, okay. and if you study the history of Catholicism, it is yeah, very, very anti-Jewish. Okay. Um, wow. And so you've got, and and the thing is, okay, things have changed, and praise God for that. Mm-hmm. You know, the uh, Vatican II Council in in 1960. Um, changed their stand on that so that they ceased to be anti-Jewish. Praise God for that. Yeah. But then should we be turning people into saints who were anti-Jewish and so violently, violently anti-Jewish that they were actually offered a job by the Germans uh, when they uh, invaded Poland? Wow. You know that that you know in a letter in 1936 this is a man who said stay away from ha- from the harmful moral influence of Jews. It is a fact that he said this and I'm quoting it is a fact that Jews are fighting against the Catholic Church persisting in free thinking. Uh-oh. Oh no. And are the vanguard of Bolshevism and subversion. And so this was um somebody who was uh um, yeah, the, the 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 Germans extended him an offer to form a collaborative um, government, but this was not something that was particularly unusual for its time. Um, although Francis has just decreed that he lived a life of heroic virtue. Oh, so you know. Okay, but what you got to remember is you know when the German invaded German army invaded Russia in, on the twenty second of June nineteen forty one Operation Barbarossa that. Uh, Pius Twelfth, the Pope at the time, mm-hmm. praised the invasion, and I quote once again, as high-handed gallantry in defense of the foundations of Christian culture. And 20 mm. million people died, most of them civilians as a result of that. I feel like that just... So there's some skeletons in the closet and yeah. we need to get skeletons out of the closet. Yeah. I feel like that just goes against what Christianity should be. Yeah, absolutely. But, absolutely. Okay. And uh, we need to shine a light on the past and to understand uh, what history is actually revealing to us. Having said that, yes, if you want to be a saint, Taryn, the good news is uh-huh. you don't need to go through a beatification process. You don't need to be dead for a long time. Why not? You can be a saint right now. What? Absolutely. <laughs> In fact, I think you are. Oh, thanks, Lyle. Absolutely. Well, hey, <laughs> no, don't thank me. Thank God because he is the one who makes you a saint. It. Anyone, according to the Bible, yeah. who gives their life to Jesus Christ yeah. is counted as a That's saint. That's right. And you can be a saint today, dear listener, uh, just by giving your life to Jesus. We're going to listen to Chelsea Moon at this particular time with When I Survey.
Welcome back to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM. You're here with Adele. And joining me this morning is Pastor David Stoichich. Good morning. David, it's always wonderful having you with us. Great to be here, Adele, as always. Mm, so this morning we're continuing the conversation about loneliness, which is something we started last week. That's right. And loneliness, as you pointed out, is becoming a big problem in parts of the world, including in Australia here. That's right. And I think it was interesting, the other day I found an article in The Age which highlighted the issue of loneliness. And here's a little bit of an excerpt from the article, which was entitled, Confronting Story Highlights Challenge Awaiting All of Us, just in case you 
wanting to Google that and find it. So it says, in December 2017, Mr. Han Zichen posted a letter in a local bus shelter in Tianjin, China, asking for someone to adopt him. The note that he affixed to the shelter read as following, lonely old man in his 80s, strong-bodied, can shop, cook and take care of himself. No chronic illness. I retired from Scientific Research Institute in Tianjin with a monthly pension of 600 yuan a month. And he added, I hope warm-hearted people can help. Aged 85 and terrified of dying alone, he was refusing to go to a nursing home. His dream was to stay with a family who would care for him at home. He received numerous calls, yet his dream went unrealized, and he started making calls to a helpline for seniors, one set up to prevent suicide among the lonely, who were desperate to connect. Uh, eventually, in early April 2018, he succumbed to illness and heart failure, which is very sad. That's right. So, mm. so the article goes, uh, you know, you were the one who shared this article yeah. with me, uh, and and uh, the article goes uh, just goes on to say that even though he lived alone, he actually um, he died in a in a hospital. So at mm. least he didn't die alone. Alone, at home. but but yeah. his death obviously would have been attributed to loneliness mm. because that's one of the connections isn't it yeah it yeah. is and it does have a big impact on physical right. health and so i guess you know like people might think oh well that's in china and you know what about our our society is it the same but i think there's a, a level of loneliness that sort of goes across the board i think and you know from what you shared as well um there's the reduced social interaction syndrome that that's social researcher <laughs> humakai has talked about that's right humakai mm. speaks uh, uh, he's saying in his in his um articles and his public talks that we have more um ability to entertain ourselves and more things uh, than ever before mm. uh, but we are the loneliest we've ever been so hmm. it's interesting that's uh, interesting it really is interesting you know when you think about all the devices and gadgets and stuff to do but we're not connecting that's right you ma- you mentioned china uh, china is is in, in that article that we, we re- read about this uh, this um, uh, old uh, chinese gentleman mm. and and china is uh, as we would know uh, a lot more community-based society mm. uh, western world is a lot more uh, individual individual indi- individual, mm. indi- individualistic mm. and so so the issue of loneliness because even because of that would be a lot more pronounced in mm. in, in in our culture and and uh, it's interesting that according to australian institute um, a report uh, australian institute's report um, and they, they they have the title of that report like all the lonely people it was released yeah. in 2012 one in three people in our society suffers suffers bouts of loneliness, and uh, and the report defines loneliness as the mismatch between the relationships that we desire or wish we had and the reality we are currently living. So, hmm. uh, really, um, loneliness by no means, uh, as we mentioned last time is not a new phenomenon. No. Uh, the humankind has battled with loneliness right from the beginning. When we look at the at the creation story, mm. <laughs> you know, yeah, in that perfect that's right, in that yeah. perfect world, uh, God looks at at Adam and Adam is missing his mate uh, mm. and 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 well, he knows that something is missing. Mm. <laughs> Every animal has a has, has a, a mate, has mm. a partner, but he doesn't. And and God pronounces this a statement of something not being good in that world mm. that did not even have sin. 
and, and so he says it is not good for the man to be alone. So, um, uh, and and then we also mentioned that that dictionary, uh, Webster dictionary, um, really uh, defines defines loneliness as a state of sadness resulting from feeling isolated or cut off from from others. So, so really, it's a loneliness is a complex set of feelings. Mm. Um, uh, really, uh, that that actually has a lot of a lot of uh, impact on 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 our overall well being. Hmm. Well, you have mentioned in our last talk that, based on research, loneliness is associated with a real significant range of mental and physical and socioeconomic outcomes. That's right. Um, so things like low self esteem, suicide, depression, heart disease, and poor physical health too. And you said too that it can affect our spiritual well being. Indeed, uh, we, when we look at things holistically, we we, we cannot separate one aspect uh, from from um, you know of our well of mm. our being, which is spiritual be- uh, yeah. side of our being, from the others. And and I was that at that time, Doctor Doctor Archibald Hart, uh, cli- mm. uh, he's a Christian clinical psychologist, who actually says that um, really uh, loneliness can lead to depression. Mm. Depression. Kind of leads to paralysis of mm. our spiritual life. Yeah, and that's a real worry. <laughs> it truly is. Mm. I guess too, you know, sometimes it's just sad when people go to church and feel lonely at church because people don't connect with them. Just because we have people around us, you know, if we are not really connected with them, mm. we can we can feel very lonely. Mm. Uh, uh, and so, so definitely, even last time he said, even in marriage, people can can feel lonely and disconnected, mm. and that's why you know people end up really parting ways mm. in that situation. Yeah. Well, we did run out of time last week, and we'd gotten to the question of what can we actually do about loneliness. <laughs> so <laughs> you'd quoted Dr. Arlene Taylor, who we had on the program recently too, who's a brain function specialist from America, and her well-known statement is. Everything starts in the brain. That's right. So if anything can change about our feeling of loneliness, and it obviously has to start in our brain. So what can we do? Well, Dr. Arlen Taylor tells us that the change, as you uh, as you mentioned, starts in the brain. She calls it the mindset. Mm. Uh, not only not only her a mindset is very important. The mindset that actually uh, tells us that this can be changed. Uh, and, and that is the first step. You know, I mean, her famous statement is, and I think I think she co- quotes, I think maybe Ford, mm. the, the, the American uh, car manufacturer, mm. says, if you can, you, if you say you can, or if you, can, if you say you can't, you're right, either mm-hmm. way. Yeah. Because, because your thinking uh, really either liberates or actually it, it actually uh, entraps you. you. Mm. Uh, that's right, that's imprisons true. you. Mm. So, so, so what can we do to change? Uh, to change? Uh, what are the steps? I hope this is not going to sound like some sort of an easy three steps to to, to, to solving uh, to, loneliness. To solve the problems. <laughs> but there, but there are some things mm. that that can be done, uh, and there are practical things that I would like to to, mm. to share. Number one, of course, is coming to that realization that change is needed and that we can change it. Mm. Okay, then then. Um, we actually need to analyze our thoughts. Uh, thoughts leads lead, lead to to uh, emotions, mm-hmm. and emotions lead to actions, behaviors, and actions. Behaviors yeah. that are drivers. Yeah. So, so um, we need to ask ourselves: What do we think about that makes us so lonely? Hmm. Uh, and uh, we need to ask ourselves: What do I need to change in my thinking in order to change 
the way I feel. Uh, um, for instance, from a Christian perspective, uh, and this is an, a fantastic way to actually uh, challenge some of our assumptions that may not be correct. Mm. For instance, talking about loneliness and I'm cut off, I'm, you know, I don't have anyone. In the scriptures, in the Bible, we read that, that God says, uh, well, Christ says, I'm with you always. Uh, and, and then he says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Mm. And these these texts are in Matthew's gospel, just at the, at the final chapter, mm. you know, before Christ ascends, he's saying that, that you know, I'm with you always. Mm. And then in Hebrews chapter 13, he says, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. Mm. Just so you're never lonely with God. God is present with us. So just mm. that realization that God is with, with us is, is of great importance. Mm. So some people, due to various circumstances, do spend a lot of time on their own. They don't always necessarily feel lonely while doing so, but sometimes <laughs> they can. So last being yeah. alone. Oh, see, I'm one of them. <laughs> but what can people who are alone a lot and feel alone a lot do to dispel the feeling of loneliness? Well, one, th- one thing that, that we, we um, you know, just... just um, uh, mentioned a few times before is that, that we can we can use music. Music is a fantastic medium. We can immerse ourselves in inspirational music. Well, you know what? I reckon we should immerse ourselves in some <laughs> inspirational music right now. That's right. And I think we'll come back to this question just after this track. You're listening to the Breakfast Show on Faith FM. Let me go I rest my weary soul in thee I give thee back the life I owe That in thine ocean depths its flow May richer, fuller be Followest all my way I yield my flickering torch to Thee My heart restores its borrowed ray That in Thy sunshine's blaze its day May brighter, fairer be Joy that seekest me through pain I cannot close my heart to Thee I trace the rainbow through the rain And feel the promise is not vain That morn shall tearless be up my head I dare not ask to fly from thee I lay in dust life's glory dead and from the ground there blossoms red life that shall endless peace life that shall endless peace 
welcome back to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM. We've got Pastor David Stoichich in the studio with us this morning. And just before we listen to that track, we were talking about how music can actually help with the feeling of loneliness. That's right. And, and it specifically can help people who don't like being alone. Mm. They need some noise and, and some, a something, bit of a distraction. <laughs> something around them. You know, I'm one mm. of them. Uh, and so, so people can listen to, to Christian radio. Uh, you know, as they drive, if they drive for you know for long, they can mm. listen to that. Or if they're at home by themselves, uh, they can pay close attention to the words that they're hearing. Mm. Uh, it's very, very important that actually people listen to the right type of music, music that is going to uplift uplifting. <laughs> and create right mood mm. instead of actually creating uh, listening to the music that is going that is going to. Pull you down. Pull you down. Mm. It creates create dark and heavy mm. moods and so on and so on. And so, um, and then also people can sing, sing mm. along. Yeah, well, sing, why not? You know, uh, then, then people can pray. And prayer is a spiritual discipline that has helped many, many people with their, their issues, even with loneliness. When people pray, uh, Adele, obviously prayer is talking to someone mm. and, and listening. So prayer is is a conversation between us and, and, and God. So mm. so that that's and we are talking to a real person. Yeah. God is not imaginary, you know, person and, and he loves and to hear from us too. That's right. And then we can listen as well. And then then we also have to remember that throughout history a lot of Christians, a lot of Christian people who suffered terribly, who were imprisoned, mm. uh, they were in prisons, maybe sometimes in solitary uh, confinement, and, and prayer and that link with God kept them sane mm. where they were able to talk. So prayer is very important, not only listening to music, but to a prayer as well. Mm. well. I think we can thank God that we live in a free country and that Christians and believers in other denominations can exercise their faith freely and enjoy that as well. It, yes, indeed. We need mm. to pray that we never take for granted the freedom that we have here in our country. Mm. Uh, so if you are a lonely Christian or a person who has interest in studying uh, the, the scriptures, mm. and and uh, uh, unless you already are doing so, uh, may I uh, recommend to, to whoever is listening to this to, to kind of um, start attending a, a group Bible study. That's not a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I really believe uh, for people who haven't tried it, they can try it. There's mm. a lot of interaction. People who go there, they're, they're usually um, mm. seekers who are warm people. Yeah, you get they to know to explore, people. You get to mm. know people. You know, uh, they can look for encouragement in mm. the scripture. Uh, if they don't know what, like, you know, they can even open it in their own home. Mm, if they not? don't know how to do it, they can just Find invite somebody who does, <laughs> and, and they can be the hosts. Mm. Well, that's a good idea. And I guess, too, if you're meeting weekly and regularly, you know, you're able to grow those relationships and encourage each other and, you know, share biblical encouragement, I that's suppose, That's right. Too. So the bottom line mm. really here is that we do not need to be lonely. Mm. Uh, God doesn't want us to be lonely as we mingle with other people. Uh, we learn to love, to give, and to receive. Mm. Uh, so, so in a way, uh, we learn to be, to be balanced. Uh, we need other people in our lives, and there are plenty of people out there that are looking for friendship. So the message is we don't need to be lonely. Mm. I think, too, the scripture does say, let's not give up on meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but That's let right. us encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. So this is in Hebrews ten twenty five. I guess, too, if you're feeling lonely and listen to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM, give us a call, and one of our staff members would love to he- talk with you, and maybe we can 
organize something with a pastoral visit or a chaplain or something like that. So our number is 1-800-FAITH-FM. So, or you can flick us a message on Facebook as well. I think too, you know, we need to remember that God is with us at all times and he loves us and we're never alone. And just before, actually, David, you mentioned Dr. <laughs> Arlene Taylor, who's the brain function speci- specialist or the brain guru, as That's she's right. also known. About a week or so ago, 4D Living Lifestyle Health Clinic, um, which you founded, hosted its first ever brain function conference in Newcastle. So Dr. Taylor was one of the guest speakers, along with Dr. Esther Chang from Western Sydney University and Dr. Ross Grant, the head of the Australian Australasian Research Institute, which is based in Sydney. That's right. So what prompted you to hold or organise this conference? Uh, good question, Adele. Uh, for the Living Lifestyle Health Clinic that we founded is a health promotion charity mm. whose purpose is to advance health by promoting the prevention and control of some great issues problems that we that we face here mm. in, in australia uh so like diabetes mental um illness including depression anxiety and the slowing down of the onset of, uh, of the symptoms of dementia mm. so the brain function conference was organized for a few reasons let me just kind of uh, and not just so that people wouldn't feel lonely <laughs> <laughs> well 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 is that too? we might get to that too uh, uh, well it was it was organized for, for a few reasons. Number one, to be of service to the medical and allied health profession mm. by providing the cutting-edge information relating to the, impa- uh, to the impact of lifestyle on people's mind and body. Mm. Uh, so the lifestyle's impact on mind and body. Uh, the raise, uh, and also it was organized to raise the awareness of the professionals in our community that uh, free or very affordable help is available here in Newcastle uh, where Ford Living is based. Mm. At the moment, we operate uh, at Waterbrook Community Centre, which is around five or ten minutes uh, away from the University of Newcastle. Depending on traffic. That's you never right. know with Newcastle. <laughs> That's, right. That's right. <laughs> so what are some of the services that 4D Living offers to the community locally? Well, we run community health education programs that address uh, those big issues, uh, and, and we, we are basically probably most prominent programs are depression and anxiety recovery program mm. that was uh, uh, created by Dr. Neil Nedley. Uh, it's it's a kind of eight-week program introduction and in a kind of a graduation. So it's mm. people need to set up, set, set aside, set aside ten, uh, weeks. 10 weeks, yeah. uh, which really has been very, very um, uh, helpful to a number of people here in Newcastle. Mm or wherever it is run. Mm. Then we run diabetic health clinics, in, which are intensive lifestyle education programs, 12 weeks uh, mm-hmm. they go for. Uh, that is uh, organized, that program is, uh, so to say, created by Peter Pratt, who is the founder of Diabetic Health Clinic. Mm-hmm. And we do longevity lifestyle matters, which is a brain-based lifestyle education program by Dr. Arlene Taylor. So you're starting another LLM, otherwise known as Longevity Lifestyle Matters program, on Wednesday night, the 23rd of May. Yes. So can you tell us a little bit more about that program? Well, the LLM is cutting edge brain, a cutting edge brain based lifestyle education program developed by the brain function specialist that we mentioned, Dr. Mm. Arlene Taylor. And she was fascinated by the lifestyle of the people who have lived a very long life, but also enjoyed 
the quality of life. Mm. So in other words, they did not just vegetate. <laughs> they, <laughs> they made the most of their lives. They enjoyed mm. their life and lived productively almost to the very end of their life or to the very end. Mm. And um, Dr. Taylor was particularly inspired by uh, Jean-Louise Calmon of, of, of Al in France, mm. uh, in southern France, France, who according to, to the Guinness um, World Records was one of the longest living people in recent history. She was born uh, in 1875 and she lived uh, until uh, August 1997. Oh, wow. 122 years and 164 days. Boy, that's <laughs> the, impressive. It is. At the age, listen to this, mm. at the age of 118, uh, you know, over a period of six months, she was submitted to uh, neuropsychological tests and, uh, and a CT scan. Mm. Uh, the test showed that her verbal memory and language fluency was comparable to that of a person with the same level of education mm. in the 80s or 90s. So she was wow. about how many years? Would be 20, at least 20 yeah, years you know, older. younger mm. than her chronological yeah. age. Wow. And then her frontal uh, lobe, uh, brain lobe function were relatively spared of, uh, from deterioration and so on and so on. So um, mm. Dr. Arlene Taylor looked at longest living people, looked at the be their best practice and developed her program and developed uh, 14 strategies that are designed to help the people create and implement a longevity lifestyle. And we reveal those 14 strategies so gonna be to people who when go they to come the to the program. So it's going to be a mystery for listeners unless you can make it. But if people do want to get to the program, what can they do? So, so basically, we teach them those those fourteen uh, strategies, uh, ranging from from uh, the mindset, effective self talk, emotional intelligence, mm. how to maintain active lifestyle, uh, the, the the role of sleep in their life, and so on and so on. Mm. But they can go to our website, which mm -hmm. is www dot number four. Mm -hmm. Then letters D living for the living dot org dot au, and they can they can click on it and they for, they just look for longevity lifestyle matters, and it will tell them they you know how to, what and they so can do they all can the register, details so are there and, so and all the information is about that's, you know how much it costs and everything like that you've got right. a textbook work in a nutshell it like costs one hundred thirty two dollars mm. for twelve sessions or eleven dollars per night. And, but that's and, a bargain either way. That's a bargain <laughs> because they get four books, mm. uh, you know, with that audio book. And, but all the books will be in the electronic format. Mm. So they'll get them on a USB stick. Oh, that's handy. That's <laughs> so good. Well, I think too, you know, it's great that there's an opportunity like this to provide something for the community. It is. Mm. Uh, we are very delighted we can do that. Well, thank you so much for joining us again, David. It's wonderful having you on the program. And we hope that if anyone is out there and wants to connect with 4D Living, you can do so by visiting www.4, which is the number 4, dliving.org.au. Or if you're feeling a bit lonely and do want to connect with us here on Faith FM, you can give us a call on one 800 324 843 or 1-800-FAITH-FM. Stick around. We've got so much more coming up just after this. Little sparrows Lifting